Today's episode of Throne Room Breakdown is brought to you by NetSuite. Successful companies know faster growth requires the right tools. If you're doing one, 10, or hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue, NetSuite by Oracle gives you a full picture of your business, finance, inventory, HR, customers, and more, all in one place. Over 19,000 companies trust NetSuite, the world's number one cloud business system. Schedule your free product tour right now and receive your free guide. Seven key strategies to grow your profits at netsuite.com slash listen. That's netsuite.com slash listen. Man, I can shoot the ball. I know I can shoot the ball. I'm not worried about what anybody says. Like, I'm a dog on the court. That's how I play. They play fast. They have three-point shooting. They're young. They're versatile. And that's how I want to play. That's how I think the game should be played. You know, this team is on the rise. The city's on the rise. You know, that's, that's exciting. You know, I'm getting chills talking about it. You are listening to Throne Room Breakdown with Jason Jones and Kenny Carraway, only on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Uh, good Tuesday to all. This is Jason Jones. And this is Kenny Carraway. And Jason, this is a monumental day. This is a, 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 a historic day in throne room breakdown history. We got our first guest in the history of the throne room here with oh, us. Word? The wor- first yeah. guest ever. The yeah. first, yeah. yeah. History. I'm the, I did not. Now you guys didn't even tell me this going in. Now I feel an immense amount of pressure. Right, look, like I told you before, we don't let no scrubs on the show, and we don't let any scrubs be the first guest. So you're definitely more than qualified to be the first guest. Lena Washington, everybody knows the voice. It's Lena Washington in the building. News 10. News Hello. 10 in the building. Yeah, I thought when you said no scrubs, that meant that you had kind of had, like, maybe some some court gestures in the house, on the throne room. But, uh, yeah, to be the first, I'm I'm happy to hold the honor. Well, you're definitely deserving. This is, a, a like I said, a monumental moment in history. And before we get into anything, like I said, Lena Washington, News 10, you know, sports reporter. Everybody knows who she is. One of the hardest working uh, sports reporters in the game today. I mean, I've seen her with, with cameras. I've seen her with backpacks. I've seen her with duffel bags all over the place. She's she's working hard all the time. So, she does you know, everything, it, yeah. She does it all. She does it all, right? And even so, drags Sean Cunningham along with her. <laughs> Shout out to Sean. Yeah, I let him accompany me on my adventures. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you know, we're we're definitely talking Kings. There's a lot to talk about in Kingsland. But before we do that, I told Lena when I asked her to come on the show that we weren't going to talk about her movie watching or lack of movie watching. Well, I guess I lied because I can't. I got her here. I can't avoid it. We have to talk about it. And I'm actually going to defend Lena. So there's this thing going on right in the in the media circles. Well, in our media circles at least, where Lena has not watched some. Jason, would you say classic black movies? Some seminal like, like, movies, some important movies, you know. She's never seen Watershed it. movies, you know, things that you this should be a part of your repertoire. Exactly. Now, Lena, let's, I'll let you give your defense to why you haven't seen these movies, such as like Do the Right Thing, Baby Boy, um, uh, Don't Be a Menace in the Hood. You know what I mean? <laughs> Explain yourself. Go ahead. Okay. Yes. Um, let's let's just get this all out there right now. Um, feel free to hop in my mentions, drag me, <laughs> give me suggestions, whatever it is you want to do. But just know, to give background, I grew up an only child in a very <laughs> Caucasian neighborhood in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. So, you know, I was usually the only person who looked like me in my class. Like, not just like the 30 person classroom, but like the entire group of children who were my age. Like, I was one of the few people with some melanin in the, in the school picture. The little drop. The drop. The chocolate, the chocolate drop. I was the M&M in the bag of Skittles. That people were like, I don't know how this got here, but you know what? I'm pleasantly surprised. So, <laughs> that it's like that one curly fry you get in the regular fries you order. That was me. So with that being said, you know, I, I kind of grew up in a kind of a sheltered environment. I was not exposed to a lot of these classic movies from an older sibling, a, a 
you know, someone who I rocked with occasionally, whose parents would, you know, watch these videos or movies or, or whatever, listen to this music type thing. Uh, I took some time to like grow into it. I will say though, I, I've seen classics in theaters. I saw Next Friday, which was not age appropriate for me when I went to see it. In but theaters, I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you did that. Yeah. You had to do what you had to yes. do. Shout out to, to Pops for letting me uh, ride with him and his family when we, they went to go see movies like that in theaters. Uh, he had to do you know, what he had, had to do. I had seen Soul Plane when it first came out. I've seen Don't Be a Medicine South Central or Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. Yeah, okay, um, got the whole title. I see you. I've seen all of those. Yeah, but the baby boys and the boomerangs of the world. I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I do need no to boomerang. You didn't tell me this, Lena. You didn't tell me no boomerang. This is the this is the movie that Mark Spears specifically told me I needed to watch. Yeah, maybe you a do. couple seasons ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. Still working on it. It's still now, very, very, it's a very I'm, underrated Eddie Murphy movie. Very underrated. It's yeah, I, I, think I it's always top say five. Boomerang. Boomerang is on. I call. I mean, there's like the Eddie Murphy list, and then there's like the Eddie Murphy blacklist, and <laughs> Boomerang is on, on the blacklist. Ed Boomerang's top five, along with Harlem, along with Harlem Nights, which is often overlooked by the mainstream movie-going audience. I'm just gonna say this, man. The mainstream people, they love. Uh, what was the movie? Forty Eight Hours. What was the movie? Or Beverly yeah, Hills Cop. They hours. love. They love yeah. Beverly Hills Cop, yeah, man. Right. Yeah. Look, man. Come on, man. <laughs> come on. Beverly Hills Cop can't hold a candle to Coming to America, Harlem Nights, or um, uh, what's the one we just talked? Boomerang. Come on now. I've seen Doctor Doolittle, and then that was a Professor. good movie. That was more. Of my no, that was a good bracket. movie. When uh, Eddie Murphy content, I wouldn't put that, that on the right list. That, yeah, yeah that I wouldn't right put that on the list that we have for age, you. It was yeah. age appropriate. Yeah, good movie though. Good yeah, movie. That's now, he, now here's what I will say, Jason, and this is where I defend Lena because she's younger than us, right? And right. when we brought up, you haven't seen this movie, you haven't seen that movie. She brought up a great point. How the hell am I going to see these movies? I mean, the DVDs are pretty much off the shelves nowadays. It's all these streaming services. And I don't know what BET Plus is doing, but I don't think they're giving us the unedited version of Baby Boy on BET Plus. Where is she going no. to see uh, Minister Society? Huh? Where, where is she going to see that? That's a good point. That's a good point. I defend her on that. We, we yeah, got to figure out a way to make it happen for her. Because apparently Baby Boy on BET doesn't count in terms of, me crossing that off the list, so not at all. The VHS yeah. that I can watch it. Yeah, not yeah, at all. You need. Yeah, there's certain scenes that BT won't give you. Yeah, and, and when he says, "Hey, get that mother lover," you know, it just doesn't have the same effect. Or when he asks, "You I want mean, some I breakfast?" It's just you know, <laughs> there's just certain scenes that BT will not do justice. You know, <laughs> I won't spoil the movie for you, but there's a scene where he's—I'll I'll say he's exercising in front of a television that BET Mike Tyson interview in the background. Yeah, you you won't see that on BT. <laughs> Got you. And I so, may have the DVD somewhere stashed, and if I do, I I need to secure it, procure it, and give it to you as soon as possible. I have the DVD as well. We're, we're going to have to make it happen. We're going to have to make it happen. Well, yeah, but after the All-Star break, I expect to see that in the media room. <laughs> Got you. Now, Lena, we did not have you to come on here to talk about black movies, okay? We came on here to talk about the Sacramento Kings. That's what we do on the Throne Room Breakdown. And there is a lot to talk about here. And, I mean, I guess the, the most pressing thing is Rashawn Holmes. He's going to be out even longer than we expected. Originally, we all thought it was going to be, what, a, about a week, maybe two weeks? Jason, what, we're getting into like a month, and it's going yeah, to be like yeah. a month and a half, maybe two months when it's all said. Yeah, I don't, yeah, now we've got to, um, the news came out today. We, I mean, we've been asking about what's wrong with Rashawn, what's wrong with his shoulder. You know, it was, it's a strain, it's a sore, it's a, quote, shoulder joint injury. The Kings uh, told us all today that, this whole time, he's had a right labral tear. Come on, man. And he just got an Come injection on, on Monday, and he'll be reevaluated in two to three weeks. What are we doing here? <laughs> what are we do? do, do I mean, what, how, how does this... Uh, I, I'm not. I'm assume. I'm going to assume. Okay, I, I'm. I'm jumping out on the limb right here. I'm going to assume that the medical staff knows what they're doing, that they're competent and that they didn't misdiagnose him. I'm going to assume that. That could be a big assumption right now, but I'm well, going to assume well, that. Well, they, they, they knew what the injury was from the start. 
So, and that, and that, so, so we just gonna we just gonna say it's a little strain for for three weeks. It gets into stuff with Marvin's foot. We just gonna talk about a sprain for three weeks. Come on, man. I mean, I, I mean, what are yeah. we doing? What are we doing? I think it's fair to say we don't know what the hell's wrong with Marvin's foot right now. Yeah, I, I mean, don't, it, it, Marvin even knows talking to him, hearing from him last week. It sounds like he doesn't even know what's going on with his foot. I mean, it doesn't even sound like he's confident that he'll be back by the end of the season. I mean, you got Vlade saying on Saturday, you know, Rashawn's close. He'll be back before Marvin. Apparently, Rashawn's not close. Not close at all. <laughs> not a, he's going to get evaluated after Marvin. Come on, man. What are we doing? In the words, in the words of, of, the, of the great Sacramento center, it's ridiculous, man. It's getting ridiculous. What's going on? I don't see what they have to gain. By, I don't see what they have to gain by not telling us the diagnosis up front. And then just, just you know, it doesn't seem like the, the right hand knows what the left hand is doing. Is, is there a like, communication? Yeah, like, What's going on? Well, this is purpose. In my opinion, this is purposeful dis, deceit. It's this deceit. We're not going to tell you what's really wrong. Mm. And to me, and it makes the player look horrible because we're sitting there going, come on, Marvin, you got a sore foot? Right. You know, we don't know what's wrong with Marvin's foot. <laughs> I was on this well, podcast saying that stuff. Sorry to cut you off there, but no, to kind of go back to a moment that I, I pull from in this injury-riddled season was, uh, Jason, I don't know if you were at this particular practice, but there was a, a Monday morning where we had media availability, you know, in the beginning of the season about, and we were told that we were going to get De'Aaron after the practice for, for an interview, and then we were waiting, it didn't happen, and then we ended up getting maybe Buddy Heald or Harrison Barnes or someone. And then we see from other media outlets and media personalities who are not physically in Sacramento that De'Aaron Fox sprained his ankle during practice. And we were all looking <laughs> pretty dumb standing in the arena where said injury happened and not knowing that that had happened. And then to not know kind of what was going to happen after that in terms of how, how bad is this injury? How long is he going to be out? Kind of when he's going to be reevaluated and, Granted, he returned quicker than expected, but it's just been kind of one of those years. I've, I've nearly been covering this team or the NBA as long as Jason has, but the the chatter on social media and just out in these streets about the injuries and how they're handled within the organization this season, I mean, it's, it's pretty spicy. I mean, fans aren't happy. We're left kind of in the dark, and... <laughs> If you are part of King's Twitter, you know that there are certain people who are going in on members of the organization, um, maybe even past members of the organization, kind of looking at what's been going on and saying, what is going on? In yeah, you, yeah, it's crazy because when, when the De'Aaron thing happened, you got people on social media saying, how were all you guys? I wasn't at that practice, but, you know, you got people saying, how are you guys right there? And you don't know. It's like, well, they don't want us to know. <laughs> That's right. why. Never mind the fact that we didn't actually talk to the player we were expecting to talk to, but we found out later from national media sources that the player was injured, and we we were standing right there. <laughs> That's crazy. That's really crazy. They're literally making everybody look bad. They look bad. The players look bad. The people that cover the team on a daily basis are, are in a sense, looking bad because of these situations. I mean, what they're doing and how they're handling these situations – is literally helping nobody. <laughs> nobody. No, nobody is gaining from pe- this. Yeah. You got people calling Marvin Bagley the third Charmin and Glassley because they just think he's fragile. <laughs> we don't know what's Charmin and Glassley. That's cold. <laughs> and the thing is, I wonder how many fans are now saying, dang, what if Marvin's got a really, really bad injury and they're just telling us it's, you know, he's in a walking boot and they're saying his foot is sore. Hmm. Mm. Right. <laughs> That's crazy. That's great. And and look, I've been on this podcast. You know, people might, I don't think I was questioning Marvel. People might say I was questioning him, you know, saying, you know, a sprained foot or whatever. And there's still, I still remain the same saying, hey, if it's a sprained foot, uh, come on, I might need to see you gut it out. But hell, he might not have a sprained foot. He may have torn ligaments. He may have, you know, a broken bone in his foot or whatever the case may be. And they may know this and they're just letting Marvin and everybody else just hang out there. You know, I mean, it's, it, it, I, I, I've tried to think about this for a while now about why they would do this. I have no answer, and it just keeps getting worse. Like this Rashawn Holmes thing is, 
it's unfathomable almost that you would leave your player out there, you know, or you would know that he has um, this significant injury, have him practice, you know what I mean? And then still tell people, oh, he's coming back maybe in a week or whatever. I, I, I'm i baffled by this. Lena, I don't know if you got answers. I have no answers. I, I have no idea what's going I, on. I have no explanation for, for what has been happening. Again, this is only my third season in covering the Kings. So just to kind of see – how each year has been individually so different. I mean, in, in so many levels, whether it's just the dynamic in the locker room or the dynamic in how the media is, is treated or kept in the loop about everything that's going on, or if it's how, you know, things are kind of operating at the front office brass level. Um, I think we've seen some shifts in what might happen, obviously dating back to last year with Dave Yeager's, you know, firing and the ushering in of this Luke Walton era. Uh, you know, I think there are just a lot of questions that this organization is is getting from the general public, and they don't really have the answers. Or if they do, they're not willing to share them at a specific time. So, you know, I, I understand trying to protect the brand if that's what in fact is happening, but it seems like it's doing more damage than good all around for for everyone involved to kind of leave people in the dark. I'm sorry, but I've never seen an NBA team with so many guys out with soreness. Remember, listen, let's go back. Look at the, yeah. Before the season, Harry Giles, knee soreness. Harry don't play mm. for like, what, two months? It's like, what's wrong with Harry? Right. <laughs> you know, is and he it, hurt and it again? came out of nowhere. It came out yeah. of, the soreness came out of nowhere. And then we find out from Luke, oh, yeah, it, it flared up the first day of practice. It's like, what? We've been coming out here for a right. week? And... <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so, and then, you know, you got people, you know, within the organization letting everyone who who can will let you know, hey, Harry really wasn't in shape. Harry wasn't this. What do we, I don't know. We don't, I don't believe anything I hear. Harry might have, Harry might have got his knee bumped in practice. We don't know. And then, you know, right. and it's, and I'll just kind of give this little nugget about this. You know, even going back to Summer League when, um, Remember when they had advertised Harry was going to play in summer league, and then all of a sudden Harry's not on the roster, and it was like, what's an organizational right. decision? Right. And we're like, well, can we talk to Harry? Harry's not available. There's a day where myself and Sean Cunningham waited outside for Harry at practice. Like, well, Harry's not going to talk right now. Mm. And then as somebody somebody within the, uh, the org told me, they're probably afraid Harry's going to tell you guys the truth. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like, right? <laughs> And the theme, the theme of this podcast is black movies. What was the, what was the old school? Now nah, I never even, I think I've seen this maybe once, long, long time ago. What was the old Richard Pryor movie? Which way is up? That's what's going on with the Sacramento Kings right now. Which way is up? Nobody knows, right? Nobody knows what's going on. Jason, Lena, at this point, I think the the uh, the Kings need to put in a call to Olivia Pope or Steve Stout right now, because they don't know what the hell they're doing when it comes to these media relations right now. I'm just saying, no, nobody knows it, what's going it on. It sounds like they need somebody to, to make sure it's handled. Yes. Mm-hmm. They need yes. Jesus is what they need. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, you know, I, you know, I mean, think about it. Harry Soreness, Marvin Soreness, uh, Bogey, Sore Ankle, uh, <laughs> Rashawn, Sore Shoulder. I mean, what it, it's 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 just, and and it's it's so unnecessary. Unnecessary. I mean, just say you know, no no one's going to be like, oh, you guys are a medical failure, or this is a horrible. Or-. I mean, the man got hurt, but when the guy, when you're telling the whole world, this guy's just you know, like I'll take Marvin for example. You know, Marvin says you know he reaggravated the foot injury in Utah. Oh, by the way, back up to we've been hearing Rashawn is close since that January road trip, that five game trip. Oh, he'll be back on this trip. We hope he, he's been close for three weeks. It was supposed to be a week injury. Like, said, like yeah, he might be out for the rest of the week. I think that it happened on like a Monday night or something like that. Yeah, he'll be back in about a week or so. You know, and then all, here we are today. What are we, what are we doing? Right, and I will say. He- when the injury to Rashawn happened, it didn't look initially, the contact that he took didn't look very, you know, aggressive or, or kind of jarring. But then obviously to see the way he grabbed his shoulder immediately and was walking off the floor, um, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, did, what, what happened there? I don't even, it didn't even seem like that bad of an injury initially, but obviously as we learned today, it's a full pectoral tear or labral tear, I should say, uh, and and that's what we're looking at. He now. might have he might have a torn pec. We don't know. 
<laughs> we're coming to find out he's too and, and, and I, yeah and i knew it was bad when he didn't play in chicago you know he's from that area you know he wanted to play in that game bad and i knew it was bad then but you know you're saying well it's a joint injury it's like is it that the, they say the ac joint what is it well it's sore okay i get that it's sore but what what is it and and it doesn't help the Kings that their former very popular trainer, Pete Youngman, is very active on Twitter. And he asked questions like, well, what is the official diagnosis? Or when you say, when you put out a statement that says you expected Marvin Bagley's foot to be, to be sore again after he came back, the question becomes, why did he come back? Hey, that, that boy, Pete Youngman, he got Twitter fingers. <laughs> he yeah. got Twitter. For, yeah. There ain't no, oh, yeah. no there ain't no no comment on on Pete Youngman, man. That boy, he gonna tell it how it is. He gonna let it all out, man. So yeah, yeah that, and, and, he, and he putting a clown yeah. suit on the Kings on the Kings front office right now because he's out and, there. He got more answers, and he's outside the building. And and, and he and he look and he's and he looks right. I mean, you, you know, yeah. how do you dispute that? I mean, the, the guy comes back and you say, yeah, yeah, it's it's oh man, it's. It's it's Kang. This is very Kang's life. <laughs> and the crazy thing about it, what makes it even more Kang's, all right, is in the midst of all this, the Kings might be playing their best basketball of the season. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We can't we can't we didn't spend twenty minutes talking about the dysfunction in and divulging injuries. And they've played some really good basketball in the last week and a half or so. We can't even get to that, you know what I mean? Because we got to right. deal with all this nonsense before then. Uh, Lena, what, I mean, what have you seen from this Kings team in the last week and a half or so that is positive that we've seen on the court? I mean, have you seen a little bit of a change in what's going on? Is it as simple as Buddy Hield going to that six-man role? And we'll talk about that, Jason, because I listened to the Post 82. We'll talk about that. Um, but do you think it's as simple as that and gave that team a new fresh air? What do you see out there from this team on the court? Man, I, I, I can't even explain what's happening, <laughs> really, but – it is interesting to see the dichotomy from last year's trade deadline where they made all of those transactions, some of them, you know, to the final pick of 12 Pacific time when the dead deadline ended and to see the way that the team reacted after that. Obviously, as we know, they were in playoff contention before that happened and then quickly plummeted out of playoff contention after that. So to see the way that this team has responded to having some new pieces added or traded away in Dwayne Dedman uh, and Trevor Reza and some of those veterans that they kind of look to, I guess, in the locker room uh, to see that they've won, you know, six of their last nine. They obviously did not win last night in Milwaukee, but they played tough. I mean, this is a Giannis list Bucks team, but they're still the Bucks and the best team in the league. And to have them within reach um, for most of the game is pretty impressive. Uh, and then obviously those two wins here at home on the back to back between the heat and the Spurs, I think that response and, and that kind of uh, resiliency is something that we did not see in the first several weeks of, of action and granted injuries did play a big part in that, but um, I, I don't know what it's credited to. I don't know. And we were kind of just even touching on this as kind of sad as it is the way that players around the league responded to the loss of Kobe and to see their performances after that. I mean, the way that buddy jumped out of the slump and, and performed, uh, you know, the first game after that Sunday and to see his progression and a career night, uh, with uh, with uh, uh, with the Spurs in town, just to see kind of how uh, a lot of people have responded to the adversity uh, that they faced throughout the season. Uh, Bogey's found a shot as well, but maybe just that simple switch of having Buddy become a part of that second unit could have been it. But maybe he was feeling some pressure as as the guy is coming off this fresh contract and you know you're the shooter on the team and you're the face of the franchise and you're the only healthy guy that we have still uh i don't know if maybe just having that kind of step back reflection moment for him might have done it mentally at least uh but i don't know what do you guys think is kind of the secret success that they've been having is it something in the smoothies that they're drinking or <laughs> what is it uh, you know I, I i think the change um in the starting lineup really helped out a number of different people. I think it helped out Bogey. I think it helped out Fox. Um, I think it helped out Buddy. Now, Jason, you can talk about this because you talked about it a little bit last night. I still don't think Buddy Hill is seeing it the way he should be seeing it. 
Like, I don't think he should be viewing the situation the way he should. And it baffles me because we've talked about it before, and I'll talk about it again. This team, I mean, I know they had to stretch when everybody was down at the beginning of the season where, you know, they got to a game within 500 or whatever. But I, this has been the best-looking stretch for this team maybe all year. And Buddy's playing as good as he's played all year, probably the best he's played all year. And he just isn't buying in the way I probably would like him to just yet. And I don't know. I think because of that, I still think it's a volatile situation. Because I, I, from the outside looking in, you just never know when Buddy's just going to – I don't want to say snap because he's not that type of person, but when he's just going to – Say some you know, things. Yeah, yeah, right? You know what I'm saying? Because he's not – he hasn't bought into it yet, even though his success and the team's success has come since, you know, that that's changing the starting lineup. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and to me, I don't know if Buddy realizes this. The person who looks bad in this is Buddy Heald. Mm-hmm. It, Luke Walton doesn't look bad. No, the player it looks bad for Buddy. I mean, you score. You, you he has two of his highest scoring games of the season, including a career high in the last nine games. And you're, it's not like you're only playing 18 minutes. You know, you're he's playing more with Corey again, which was good for him earlier in the year. It's not like they told him he can't shoot anymore. But it, 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 the way it comes across is if you, you know, hey. I know we're playing better, but damn it, I should still be starting. This is some bullshit. I should be starting. And I know when we t- he talked to Chicago that first game, he said, well, it feels like I'm getting blamed. You know, like, like they're saying it's my fault. I'm like, no, because there's a, there's been a thinking around the league that Buddy is best off the bench because you can put him in the game and just say, just shoot away. Just shoot, shoot, shoot. And then what you did, too, was – you kind of gave De'Aaron the freedom to be aggressive and not to worry about if I don't get Buddy enough touches early, he I, I'm going to lose him. Because Bo, the way Bogey plays, Bogey doesn't have to shoot to be involved in the game. Buddy's got to get shots up. Right. And I, 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 think, I think Luke doesn't get enough credit for two of the moves he's made this year. That one, and also benching Deadman so quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, real quick. It, yeah. if you, think, you think about it, he benched two of their big money guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that for all the criticism he does get. You know, those are two bold moves. I mean, you, you, you most other teams, you, you, you they are our big free agent. You know, our big acquisition is going to change, help our team turn around. And four games in, you're like, we got to, we, can, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> and right. I, to me, that's also an indi- it's an indictment on more than you know, on the front office. If you're, you know, as Vlade said, they saw in training camp, this ain't going to work. I'm like, oh God, I mean, what a disaster. You give a guy a $40 million deal and you're at practice going, oh, God, this is awful. (laughs) (laughs) Season haven't even started. (laughs) You haven't played a game and you're like, oops, we made a mistake. Like, damn. I feel feel bad for Kings fans. I really do. Because, I mean, what do you do if when your GM says that? It reminds me of when – this is a football analogy. I don't know if you remember when the Raiders uh, acquired D'Angelo Hall. In oh, that geez. first game, he couldn't cover anybody because <laughs> he had been a he had been a zone corner, and they were asking right. him to play man, and he got torched the entire game. I'm like, oh god, this is awful. Did they do the same thing with? Uh, no, it was on the reverse when Namdi Asamoah went to Philly. They had the same yeah. same situation. Yeah. Namdi was yeah. a man corner. They wanted him to be in that cover two, cover three, and all you ever saw was Namdi chasing somebody. And now a word from our sponsor. If you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically, a month if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's pharmacy can ship your medication to you free with two-day shipping. 
You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel at any time. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash Throne for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Throne for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Now back to the show. Right. Now, J- now, Jason, I know you were making an analogy, but you know there is no football talk here on Throne Room Breakdown. Okay? Well, my, my bad. Thoughts and prayers to... The, the the Niner, the Pew Pew Niner crew. Okay, relax. Lena, um, the, just I didn't give you the house rules before, but we are not talking football at all on this podcast. Um, this is a oh, hardcore I basketball. Talk about the Super Bowl in Miami that I you definitely bad. cannot. You start talking about the Super Bowl, you might hear a dial tone. I'm just telling you that right now. Okay, I'm just <laughs> telling good, you that right was, now. See, I, it was a good game. And see, you brought that up. I wasn't going there. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, don't I get him started, Lena. Lopez and Shakira and like seeing them within feet of the stage was you know what you happened know, that's not like football related right well you no, know what happened no you know what happened so uh Lena if you don't know I'm a big 49ers fan right and the yes. this is something that I haven't dealt with in a while well you know it's it's closer than Raiders fans and things of that nature it's closer than Card. well yeah closer than Cardinals fans they haven't had to deal with this in a while either but what I'm saying not is not where I'm yeah, well, what I'm what I'm saying is, um, I was so into the football game, I couldn't enjoy anything. I didn't watch the halftime show. I was like, "Get this out of here! Let's get back to the football commercials." I, the, the commercial breaks seemed to look like they were ten minutes long. All right, get the commercials out of here. Let's get back to football. So all the you know ancillary stuff, I don't even know what happened. I didn't Meanwhile, even watch the I was eating show. good food, sipping on yak. So I mean, I'm sorry you couldn't enjoy the game. You're damn right, I couldn't enjoy it. But um, yeah, so that's what I, I mean. As far as the Kings go, I thought the two games at home, even though they, you know, with the Spurs team that doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs, Jason, and um, a Heat team that was out without Jimmy Butler, I thought those were two huge home games for. I'm just going to say it as long as there's still some, uh, you know, some some breath out there for them to like kind of see if they could jump into this playoff thing a little bit make you know keep keep people within arms distance because you, you know I'm going to I'm going to say this though so look at Jason with the hearty laugh the hearty laugh I'm going to tell you why well, I'm a, okay. where's, where's Jim Moore where's Jim Moore when I need him <laughs> I'm going to tell you why they need they they can still have that thought because I I don't believe in Memphis Memphis is going to drop 6 out of 7 at some point and if they don't, I'll tap my I'll tip my hat. But you believe in the other Portland hasn't shown anything. <laughs> Portland hasn't shown anything. New oh, Orleans. So you, you're gonna, you're I gonna, mean, you're going to disrespect right Damian Lillard right now. You're going to do that. You're going to disrespect Damian Lillard right now. He ain't, Dame ain't showed you nothing. Did they They beat the Heat. They've won like two of the last three or something like that, right? Dame is, Dame is a boss. Don't get me wrong. Dame is a boss. But they still got other players on the team that aren't putting up anything. They're relying on Trevor Ariza for 30 minutes a night. I mean, we saw how that goes. You know what I'm saying? Come hey, on. I mean, hey, Dame is a there's, boss. There's Don't get it twisted. Kings can use but, Trevor Ariza. <laughs> they're starting. Their entire bench is just guards now. They have nobody over like 6'4 off the bench now. Although, Jason, that brings up a good point. And me and you were telepathically on the same path. Lena probably feels the same way. I love me some Kent Bazemore. As soon as I said that, I think the next day you wrote something about Kent yeah. Bazemore. I love what Kent Bazemore brings to the table. This is exactly the guy that I was looking for. He's probably an inch or two shorter than what you would want. I'd probably want somebody 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, or something like that. But I love me some Kent Bazemore. I love yeah. it. I love the way he's played. Lena, you like him, huh? Yeah, I think I think what he's been doing for Sacramento since he got here not too long ago has been great. I mean, he's the defensive presence they need. He's not afraid to shoot. And, you know, he's been putting on a show in the big moments where they need him. And, you know, it's been great and refreshing to kind of see, again, the response with adding this new piece, one of the many kind of moves that they had to make in the different units on the floor throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know mm-hmm. when he got to the team, he and he and uh, Tolliver showed up. And they, I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago. They they go to Chicago, and Bays and At talk to the team about you know, hey, you guys are much better than you realize, and you're not. A, he said we kind of understand you guys are in the middle of it. You think you you know you lost what fifteen of eighteen. We get it. It's been bad, but you're much closer than you realize. 
And hearing that from someone from the outside seemed to really do something for them. You know, because I think maybe they had heard enough of the coaches, whatever, however they felt about the coaches. But someone shows up and goes, you know what? Yeah, we just got beat in Detroit. But, you know, if we do this, 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 and this, and this, we can start to you know, play a little better. And they have played better, you know. Bays and Bays more talks to him, but he goes to the bench. Um, those are the you know, Bogey starts playing better. You know, whenever Harry gets you know minutes, he gives you a spark. So I mean, they're doing some things where they can compete. Even last night in Milwaukee, even though they got run off the floor in the fourth, you know they competed. You know they you know just you got a team with you know with Bled and Middleton and. Because they are so small, you know, they had to. They, Lopez looked good, except you know, Lopez doesn't rebound, of course, because right. he's like a seven footer <laughs> averse to rebounding. You he's play a seven foot Kyle Corver. Yeah, yeah, but you know, but you know, the you know Luke going to Harrison at the center, or just <laughs> just doing whatever you got to do to try to win a game. Right, and the Bucks, the Bucks, you know, people talk about they don't have, they didn't have Giannis last night. They moved to five and zero. Oh. Without Giannis this year, after yeah, that game last night, yeah, they're, all right. <laughs> they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't need Giannis. They don't need him. Just go ahead. And, well, that would just play into the whole warrior conspiracy theory. Well, we're gonna get Giannis in two years, so yeah, just go ahead and whatever. But yeah, those California ties. Did you, did you know? I don't even, I don't even know if I should be putting this out here like that. But did you know Giannis spends a lot of time in Fresno? Did you guys Why? know that? Um, <laughs> Dang, I don't. No, it's it's not it's not hidden. I don't. I can say it. His his baby mama, his girlfriend is from Fresno, so there's people that I know in Fresno. Wow. And like I see him on Instagram, and they're like, "We just saw Giannis at Target." And I said, "Excuse me, what? you're in Fresno. You saw who? Take pictures with them or whatever." Yeah. But yeah, come to find out, his uh, his girlfriend, his mother of his child, uh, is from Fresno, and Giannis goes back to Fresno with her every now and then. How do you crazy, wow. right? Shout out wow, to the is- doghouse. Wow, that's because I was like, why in the hell would he be in? I, I, I know he's not from America. He doesn't make me realize that Fresno is Fresno. But this is coming from a person who spends shots at the five five nine. This is coming from a guy who hangs out in Bakersfield. So I mean, I get it. You you, you love the woman. You'll go to places that you never wanted to ever be before. So I I get I get, I get it. You'll be like, wow, Bakersfield ain't so bad, and they got some good Mexican food out here. And guess what? They even have a mall. <laughs> and I'm like, they're like, okay, thanks a lot. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't know. I thought you just had cows out here. Kind of like Fresno. The, that's the, that's the underlying, um, that's the hidden gem about Fresno. I think, like I said, I've spent, me and Giannis, we have women from Fresno, so we spend time there. Um, <laughs> so that's the underlying theme there. Uh, Fresno allegedly has the best Mexican food in all of California. I don't you know, know about you, that. Were you familiar with that? It, the people, that. The people have spoken. They the have, they said Fresno. They're going to come for you now. Yeah, I I'm, know. I'm saying, I'm saying, I, I'm saying, San Diego won't have an issue with you. LA is going to have an issue with you. Definitely. I, mean, I, I look. I didn't make this rule. I didn't make it. I thought LA had the I best. I think someone but, in Fresno made that rule clearly because I think the closer you get to Mexico, the better the Mexican food should be. Well, you would think, but I've also heard that well, Oakland has better uh, Mexican food than LA. That's what I've heard. Well, oh, you know that the Fresno Grizzlies change their name to the Tacos and have their Taco Festival <laughs> there every year. So shout out, shout out to the Fresno. Things. Maybe the, I'm telling you that I've heard it from not just Fresno, like because I thought it was L.A. Right? I, I went some bomb places in L.A. And then people in Oakland were like, "No, Oakland has the best Mexico food, Mexican food." And then people in Fresno were like, "Both of y'all are tripping." Fresno has the best. And then people will come in and co-sign like, yeah, yeah, Fresno Mexican food is the best. Like, Let's just so agree. I, I'm, Cal- I'm a little it's definitely ca- We can agree California Mexican food is better than yeah, everywhere else. Yeah, I agree. People have to – people. Delina, did you see that? People start coming in on that discussion talking about Texas and talking about uh, Louisiana and Florida. Please, Louisiana Mexican food? That's what they tried to tell me, bro. I was like, come on now. Let's stop. No. Let's stop. No, yeah. no, no, no. No, They even said Arizona. Lena, Arizona. Arizona has the best me- is the best Mexican food in California. It comes from Arizona. Wow, I've, had, I've uh, had some good Mexican food in Arizona. I can't front. I have. I'm still I, going. I ain't never. I, I never heard Texas chime in from the top. Oh yeah, they the was. They try to come in there tough. Got, I'm like, stay in the barbecue <laughs> argument now. Y'all ain't got better Mexican food. Stay in the barbecue argument. You yeah, know. they came with a moonsault. They came with a moonsault. Lena, before we get out of here, because we're, we're running long time, I wanted to ask you. So you're from you're from Phoenix. 
Yes. Uh, okay. Again, a very Caucasian suburb of Phoenix. Go <laughs> Sun. I, I got Go you. Sun Devils. Shout out. Well, they're in Tempe. Yeah. They're in Tempe. I mean, what, aren't they playing? Don't they play uh, Arizona coming up this week? Uh, they should. Yeah, it's about that time. Yeah, yeah. They, they're yeah. going to go. Or did they play already? I, no, they no, no. Not. They should be hosting pretty soon. I know that they've, uh, Bobby Hurley and his guys have gotten a couple big wins on the home floor uh, recently, but I haven't been back for an actual basketball game at the arena since Bobby Hurley took over the program. But now is, is there uh, any yeah. any truth to the rumors that you um dropped a bag off at Marcus Bagley's house to get him to Arizona State? I probably shouldn't even joke around like that because I probably shouldn't even joke around like that. They'll they'll be at your house in a heartbeat if, if yeah, it takes a lot of implicating like, her in it's delay investigation. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. For, I, don't, you know, I don't want any of those problems. I, but, I don't uh, have that problem because nobody did want to go to Cal right now. So, hey, damn. I ain't got to worry about that. We don't know how we got Jalen Brown there. I know that much. But um, well, I, I can I tell you now. But, uh, uh, we'll, have, we'll have an off, we'll, no, no, offline discussion about that. <laughs> but, Lena, I wanted to ask you. So, I'm from Sacramento. And Jason, you can answer this too. I'm from Sacramento. And as you know, being here, we're, we're a little sensitive to how the rest of the country views us, right? What was your thoughts when you got the word that you were coming to Sacramento to work at News 10? Like, did you have any thoughts about Sacramento? Did you think it was a cow town? Did you cry on the airplane like Chris Weber did when he came to Sacramento? What, what was your thoughts about coming oh to Sacramento? Well, um, to give you guys just a little history and maybe uh, my perspective on when I did get the call. And yes, I went to Arizona State. I went to the Cronkite School for Journalism. It was a very competitive school. Tons of successful people have come from there on air, in print, uh, in sports and news and so many different avenues, um, politics, all of that. Uh, but I was in a class that was very competitive, very driven and determined. So while everybody's going off and getting jobs and moving across the country, like in May, before we even graduated almost, it took me eight months to get my first job. And then where did mm. I land in? Bakersfield. So, oh, Jesus. Goodness gracious. My reaction to a, a cow town. People think Bakersfield is a cow town, literally, like tumbleweeds uh, and I definitely boots. Think, I definitely think Bakersfield uh, is a cow town. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is It is a huge ag, you know, area, but there, I can't even recall. I saw more oil derricks than actual, like, livestock, I should say, like, <laughs> roaming the streets or anything. It was a little <laughs> trippy to see that they had actual farms on camp, high school campuses because of, like, 4-H and um, all those kind of ag clubs and careers that are obviously prevalent in that area. Um, but, yeah, I started my career in what a lot of people called the armpit of California. And that's what I knew before going to Bakersfield, but lo and behold, that little, that little dot in Kern County sure stole my heart. And mm. as Jason will attest to, it's a, a strange way of kind of, uh, making it a part of your life. So mm-hmm. working Bakersfield for three and a half years, I was unemployed, uh, before I got to Sacramento. So I was, about to take like a job in like Podunk, Washington for a fraction of what I was making just so I could get back into business. Got the job here in Sacramento. I've been here twice before. Once, Jason, my first time you'll appreciate this was for um, the Q's talent show that was up here. I won a talent show in Arizona, in Mesa. (laughs) Yeah. And, And then from there, they flew me out for the national competition in Sacramento. And I was like, probably 16 years old i did a dance to baby i'm a star by prince i had full-on like rhinestone sunglasses and probably did it at like the hyatt or whatever you know major <laughs> hotel was at at in sacramento in like 2005 2006 um and then my next visit was to visit a friend who actually worked at news 10 before i got the job here and then in the next year i got the job here but i knew sacramento was a little bit more popping than people let on to be um and I've been told several times that I came at a good time. All the energy that's being breathed into the city, all the new young entrepreneurs and creatives who are kind of making their mark uh, in in the area and beyond has been fantastic to watch and to get to know these people. Um, and yeah, just to see this kind of, and then of course to cover my first NBA team and like not just a minor league, you know, triple A or single A affiliate of whatever 
sport has been I incredible. I a joke about that. Our- yeah, please. Let, let, let well, the Red that- Cats live, please. And let the Kings live for that, for that matter. Let them live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will say I'm appreciative that this market and this team has been my introduction to, like, the pro sports world. I have not had an issue with any, any members of the organization. or I've never felt uncomfortable as a woman in the locker room. I've never, you know, felt attacked. I know that that was kind of the reputation with certain players who might have – frequented the locker room in Arco or Sleep Train or Golden One Center for a while. I've never gotten that vibe from any of the guys that I've, I've, I, that I've covered in three seasons. Um, and then to obviously work alongside guys like yourselves has been amazing. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Um, well, don't leave, all right? We want, you, we want you staying here. I don't want you going to New York. Don't want you going to L.A., you know what I mean, for uh, KTLA. We don't need, we don't need hey. you going down there, if, you know what I'm if, saying? If, if, well, if, hey, if, if, if they have the bag, you better go. <laughs> no, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. Go fund me right now, and then you name it as the Keep Lean in Sacramento Fund, and uh, we, can, we can assess the situation. See, it's all about that money talk. Yeah. That's what I'm no, talking if, about right hey, there. If, if they, Get if that they bag. Paying, I will, if they paying, I will say hi when I see you. I will not be like, don't leave Sacramento. If I got the bag, I'm saying bye to all y'all. Yeah, peace out. Peace out. Hey, and I'm going to be like a uh, little dude in uh, Everybody Hates Chris. Hey, Jason, let me hold a dollar. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm going to ask you on the way out. Let me hold a dollar. <laughs> but uh yeah man that i mean that's that's about all the time we have i wanted to uh make sure i just wanted to ask lena that i always wondered about people coming in to sacramento how they feel about it um but as far as the kings go i, I mean, mean i kind of have to go through my uh, twitter and delete maybe any disparaging tweets i have about the Kings. <laughs> oh so you got some harry giles yeah. tweets huh that's what you're saying you got some harry giles tweets no don't you delete nothing. <laughs> people should grow up I mean, it is. I mean, I still can't people were mad at Harry for saying not wanting to be in Sacramento when he was fifteen. Give me a yeah. break. I don't believe. I I don't blame him at all. And fifth, when he was fifteen, this was. Um, it. I'll put it to you like this: there was no Golden One Center Punch Bowl social downtown. There was like literally downtown Plaza, uh, Hard Rock Cafe. And that was about it. So if I was 15 years old and I was Harry Giles, I probably would have tweeted the same I was 15, thing. 16, 17, 27, 28, 38. <laughs> yeah, I've been like, why am I here? Yeah. Well, you, I, yeah, yeah. you can't tell yeah, me I mean, Tanel 21 wasn't popping, though, Jason. Tanel 21 was popping. I wasn't hanging out in Zach. Dang, that's cold. Tanel was popping. The cold part about it is I remember I'm, I was I, people were saying – we don't need no arena downtown. The arena Arco was just fine. I'm like, yeah, okay. I ain't never been to another arena. Yeah, get these I get said, these people some uh, said, some I'm Southwest get, tickets I, I, about it. I'm gonna, need y'all, I'm gonna need y'all to go see another city because no, this is not fine. This is not good. <laughs> this is not acceptable. Yo, my first time going out to Arco like recently, and granted, it was after a terrible windstorm in town. It looked like the haunted mansion. Like it was so depressing <laughs> to see yeah. just this. Uh, it was a relic back in, you know, there's nothing around it. I'm like, if this is what it looks like now, what did it look like then? Like, what did y'all do? Where did you go? Because I was spoiled with America West, Talking Stick, whatever they're calling it now, being in the heart of downtown. And, you know, that's what I grew up around. So to see this arena just in the middle of nowhere and nothing around it, I was like, oh, this is where all the good times were had. It was ugly and it was lit at the same time. I don't, I don't, that it was ugly and it was lit, but yeah, having Golden One Center, having Doco and all that. Um, come on now, this is, this is how you should have it. This is how it should be. Yeah, yeah, Sacramento should be proud of that whole setup, you know, even if at times what's actually inside the building is unwatchable, you know, it's still. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. It's all watchable. It just hurts more (laughs) nights than others. And some nights you wish you could. You know, pull your eyes out, go over to the bar, and if, if it was okay to go into the locker room smelling like you know hen, or you know, you would just, you would do it because you'd be like, I had to watch that, and, and I need to medicate before I talk to you all. Yeah, well, you get, well hey, some, how about Hennessy becoming the new partner with the NBA? How about that? That's awesome. There uh, we go. Said, Look at the work of God. Look at the work of God. <laughs> God heard my prayers. I'm going to need... See, because when the All-Star game was in Toronto, 
we all got these custom Crown Royal bags, you know, with the little inside, you no know, Toronto All-Star game. I'm not going to All-Star this weekend, but I'm going to need some custom Hennessy something. I'm going to need, need, I'm, I'm need some, I'm going to need some Henny something to, to some Henny appreciate the, a little, yeah. a little well, purple, I got that. White I, I got some of that in the stash. You know, I keep that. I, I go out the country. I'm bringing two bottles of that back. And Henny White, if you guys are listening, Hennessy in general, if you're listening, hey, we're looking for sponsorship for the throne room breakdown. You guys can sponsor it. You know what I'm saying? Brought to you by Hennessy if you wanted to. You know, we, we got that. We can make that happen. We can make that happen. But absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's about it. I mean, I guess the Kings they play tomorrow. We're only going one day a week this week, so I guess we could talk about. Uh, Kings Mavericks. There's not much to talk about. Lucas should come back to terrorize um, yeah, Kings Twitter. Play tomorrow. He supposed to play tomorrow, you know. And of course, Marvin's not playing, so yeah. Twitter will That'll be, be full fun. of vile hate. You know, <laughs> you know, just oh my god, we hate Vlade. You know, why isn't Marvin playing? And they oh my can't god, wait. we suck. Their oh drafts. Look at is that Willie Cauley Stein dunking on us? Oh my God! <laughs> Steph Curry just made a three. Why does Justin Jackson look so good? How come we don't have Rick Carlisle? Uh, Boy, their, their drafts are ready, bro. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that right now. Them Twitter, them Twitter drafts are ready, baby. They got them, they got them things ready to send. They, out. Oh yeah, you. they they're coming. You know, they're coming for it. And the Kings will be like, well, you know, if we win, we still beating Luca five of six or whatever it may be. But. Yeah, that's true. And the Mavericks are sliding. Not saying they won't make the playoffs, but they've, they've not cooled off a little bit. Yeah, they're not sliding. Yeah, well, Luke has been hurt, and they, but they, you know, but hey, it's whatever. Lena, we appreciate you coming on the throne room breakdown. We appreciate you being the first ever guest, and this can't be the last time. You got to come back. You got to give us your update on what movies you've seen, okay? And then we can talk about them. All right. I will. All right. All yes, right. Thank just... you guys so much for having me. It was an honor to. Break through that glass ceiling for guests yes. on this podcast. I've set a high bar, so whoever you have up next better come with it. They got to come yeah, with the heat. Definitely. I'm going to tell yeah. you that right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, y'all. You guys take care. I'm Kenny Caraway. I'm Jason Jones. And uh, have a happy All Star break, and everybody. Lisa yeah. Was- Lena Washington here as yeah, well. Don't forget, yeah, don't forget Lena. Yeah, can't forget our girl Lena. Can't forget the the first lady of the throne room breakdown. We're yeah, just putting Lena it out there met, right now. Yeah, and Lena met my girl, so she makes sure I behave in, in sack. You know, she's like, mm-hmm. if he acts up, girl, I'll tell you. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So the feds are watching. We yeah, the, but, the feds but, are officially but, watching. As, but as my man, my man Clint Coley has has proclaimed years ago, you know, black men don't cheat. She ain't got nothing to watch. That's facts. That's facts. Oh yeah, Malika, Malika, I got you, girl. You just the only thing, only thing Lena's gonna be watching is our Bible study before Kings games. Amen, amen. I I, amen. I wish they would. <laughs> I wish they would let us in chapel with the players. So I'll leave my own chapel in the media room. I'll leave my. I'll leave. I'll leave my own chapel. They won't let me in there. You know, I will leave chapel for the rest of us. Yes, indeed. When two hands come together and agree, Jason. <laughs> yes, yeah, you, you you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Y'all be good. Enjoy All-Star right, yeah. Weekend. We'll see y'all next week, man. Okay. All right. Take care. We gone.